This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This episode is brought to you by J. Crew. This spring, J. Crew is telling a linen love story. From perfectly rumpled beach cover-ups and effortlessly sexy suiting to button-up shirts from the world-famous Baird McNutt Mill in Ireland, the new J. Crew collection is made to be shared, lived in, and loved for decades and generations to come. Shop linen like you've never seen it. And more new arrivals for spring 2024 at jcrew.com. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy, you go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. The world isn't wide enough. Get immersed in the expansive views of the 48-inch customizable panoramic display in the all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid. Explore more at Lincoln.com. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello there, welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. I'm Tom Marvin, one of the technical editors at Bike Radar. And with me today is Ben Plenger. So he runs the Strength Factory Coach, uh, which is an in-person and online uh, strength and conditioning personal trainer. Um, Ben, do you want to... Give us a quick rundown of who you are, what you do, that sort of thing. Hello again, Tom. Yeah, Ben Plenger here from the Strength Factory. And yeah, I work as a performance coach for people in action sports, um, primarily mountain bike and motocross racers and everyday riders, weekend warriors, things like that. So from strength in the gym, a lot of body weight strength at the moment with lockdown, but I also do a lot of the on-bike, well, all of their on-bike programming as well, so intervals and all, all that jazz as well. Happy days. So, you know, you, you work with everyone from your punters who just go out once a week all the way through to uh, World Cup downhill pros, is that right? Yeah, pretty much. I don't call them punters, so that's your words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, all my lovely clients of all levels, from, yeah, from just steady weekend riders, trail riders to, yeah, Full-time pros, guess my top guys are Windmasters, who is pretty pretty good on a bike, pretty good at skids and wheelies. Um, and then, yeah, Joe Smith, Ferro Sandler, and loads of other hitters as well. I've got a good rider list and just really hoping that racing happens in 21. Yeah, fingers crossed. 2020 wasn't a vintage year for racing, but um, we'll see how 2020 go, 2021 goes. Wicked. Well, um, we spoke to you last week um, 
on this, uh, we're doing a little series, um, if you hadn't sort of tweaked, uh, listeners, on it's kind of New Year, New You, that sort of thing. We're not going to call it that oh, because that's a bit too No, I, I, I wish you hadn't series, said that. But, um, we're talking, <laughs> I, I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> we're we're start this podcast at, you know, again. How, um, <laughs> <laughs> we just want to make sure that everyone's feeling good about themselves, getting a bit stronger, a bit fitter. So we're talking to nutritionists, we've got coaches, um, and we've got strength and conditioning advice um, from Ben. Now, last week, we talked about why strength and conditioning is so important for mountain bikers and cyclists in general. So if you missed that podcast, do check back on your podcast provider, um, try and find it, because it's a really interesting chat that we uh, we just had. Um, but this week, we wanted to talk about um, a little bit more practical of literally how do you get stronger um, at home and at the gym. So Obviously, if we're talking about sort of on-bike training, you know, getting your ped- getting your legs a bit stronger, pedaling faster, getting your FTP and all that sort of jazz up, you know, th- there is a lot of resources about that. And we will be talking to uh, a guy called Tom about that sort of thing. But Ben, um, it feels that a lot of your speciality comes into the, the strength, conditioning, toning and that sort of thing. So um, that's what we want to talk about this week. And that is important for mountain biking. Is that right? Yes, it is. Although I would uh, remove the word toning. You've been watching too many uh, oh. new New Year, <laughs> New Year, New You stuff on <laughs> adverts and stuff, mate. The marketing's got you. But yes, it is super important for the mountain biker in particular. It's going to make you quicker up the hill. It's going to make you quicker along the flat. It's going to make you quicker and more confident and safer and more solid on your bike on the way down. Now, how how we go about doing that? I mean, if you think about, I mean, you've done lots of these podcasts. You know a bit about training, Tom. What what's the one thing that like underlies any training approach to let's say improve your FTP or your VO two max like power? What you know? What is it that you have to do ultimately? I mean, a hell of a lot of effort. Um, yeah. Some consistency. And consistency. Yeah. A little bit of- understanding of what you're trying to achieve and having some goals that you can aim towards to help you focus on what you're doing yeah that's pretty cool definitely all of those things and the main thing that that governs training adaptation is progressive overload i don't know if you've heard that term before there's a few different ways of of saying it but basically it's you know if you want to push up your ftp or push up your squat or push up your max sprint you have to progressively expose your body to greater stresses. So if you want to be able to ride longer all day, you don't just go and ride 10 hours. You probably start by riding three hours and then three and a half and then four and then five. Do you know what I mean? And then you progressively put more stress on your body so it then adapts. Okay. Same with strength. You start off with your current level of strength and you work at that level and then you do something an exercise or a sit you know a number of reps and sets and sessions of an exercise that then progressively overload your body and that causes what you'd call your training stress so it creates a stress on your body your body doesn't like stress and so it says oh that was heavy or that was hard i didn't like that you know your body's like not too sure what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that I'm ready in case that happens again I'm going to get a little bit stronger or I'm going to build a little bit of muscle or I'm going to um, 
add some collagen tissue to your tendons and ligaments to make them a little bit stronger and stiffer. Um, and then that is a, a training adaptation in response to a stress. And guess what? And that is when you're fitter. Okay. So, and then because we're like that and we always want more, you then say, oh, sorry, well, thanks for the hard work there, body. You're a little bit fitter and stronger, but now I'm going to do it a little bit harder again. And then your body adapts again and so on. So that is what governs all training adaptation is the principle of progressive overload. Stress the body, recover, and then you're better afterwards. You've got this sort of progressive overload. We're, we're lifting loads of weights. Um, but one thing that sort of you said there, which I uh, hadn't actually got in my notes, but um, I just very quickly added was recovery. So I'm assuming that, um, you know, we're going to talk about how to do the stressing, how to pick up things that are a little bit heavier every time and, and throw them around a bit to make yourself stronger. But am I right in thinking then that the re recovery phase is almost or if or as important as the uh, picking stuff up phase? Yeah, exactly, Tom. Just as important. The harder you train, the harder you have to recover. Simple as that. Whether it's intervals or press-ups or whatever, it doesn't matter. The same principles apply. Um, and you know what? You're not going to like it, but as we get older, you know, the more that we're going to have to focus more on recovery. When you're 19, you can get away with murder. You can mm -hmm. just train as hard as you like every day, eat McDonald's, go on the piss, and you're all good pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, as you get older, the need to pay more attention to your recovery is even greater. Um, and so it's about, yeah, just being smart with how hard you work and, and when you work hard. Uh, and then obviously good recovery techniques like nutrition, sleep is absolutely king. Uh, and things like that we talked about in the previous episode, like doing a good warm up and cool down, for instance, they mm -hmm. all aid the recovery process. And again, like recovery is one of those things where I feel a lot of people, this is like a, a modern thing, not just cycling. They just try to buy recovery. Oh, I'll buy the like, I don't know, antioxidant sour cherry juice or whatever. <laughs> and you can, you can drink all the bloody expensive juice you like, but because if you're only sleeping five hours a night, then you may as well just like burn your money in a little, a little pot because your juice is doing nothing, you know, <laughs> like all, all those things, all the expensive little things and the, you know, fancy whatever, it's all nonsense unless you've got the basics dialed in. That mm -hmm. Those things go on top. The basics are nutrition and sleep, basically. Um, and everything else is, is just uh, icing on the cake, if you like. So okay. the other thing I'll say as well about the whole recovery thing is the thing that I often get, especially with people more like road and maybe cross-country background, who, who do a lot of volume, they do a lot of cycling, is they're always thinking, well, where can I fit this into my schedule, you know? And then if I do, you know, last time I did strength training, I just got really sore and I couldn't ride for a few days. And that, certainly when you start out, is probably going to be the case for most people. It's going to reduce the quality of your riding and possibly the frequency of your riding and the volume. But what you've got to think about is you're then in a short-term mindset. You're in a new year, new you mindset, Tom, where you think, <laughs> if I if I start strength training now, then it's going to affect my rides for the next few weeks. And actually, it may well be 
I'm going to sound mental here, but it may well be that in a few weeks, actually, your numbers on the bike are slightly down because you started strength training because you've been sore. You can't hit the same numbers. Mm. And you think, oh, this strength training is bollocks. I'm sacking this off. I'm just going to ride my bike more, which is what happens all the time. But they've got the wrong attitude. You need to think, okay, I'm going to strength train now in January because I want to be disgustingly fast in June and July and August, you know? Mm -hmm. Or, this is a crazy thought, next year or in two years, in in five years, you know? And it's taking that different approach where it's, I'm going to do a little short-term sacrifice where I'm going to go through the unpleasant sessions where my leg's going to be sore because I've never done this before. And in the short term, my cycling will suffer. But after a period of adaptation and good recovery, I'm actually going to be able to tolerate these sessions a lot better. And if you're a road cyclist, mate, you're you're probably not going to strength train through the summer season. Like you could just do strength in the winter and stop in March or something if you like. For the mountain bike, you're probably going to do a bit more strength through the summer just to maintain it, but maybe only once a week or or every other week just to maintain your strength, you know, so you can get the volume of riding in that you require. And, but you've got to have that long-term view, that long-term growth and improvement mindset. Okay. The, in Early on in my, my notes, I sort of said, you know, what the basics, and I guess we sort of started to cover that off. And my next... Um, question really was do you need a plan or is it okay to just pick up heavy stuff until you feel tired uh, and put it away I'm, I'm guessing the the former um, of having something a bit more structured is um, an important sort of facet of, of your strength and conditioning training mm. yeah a bit of structure is is really useful apart from anything it really helps you to monitor your improvements so you know if you have uh, even at the most basic of programs where there's a squat there's an upper body pushing exercise like a press-up an upper body pulling exercise like a a row or a chin-up and then there's like a single leg exercise and some core like super simple five exercises yeah Mm -hmm. do that once a week that that session once a week over a period of six weeks and what are you going to see you're going to see either the weights go up or the reps go up or a bit of both and so by having a bit of a program and a bit of a plan, you can really see uh, some progression over time. And progression is really good for that motivation that you touched on briefly earlier. Otherwise, you think, why am I busting my balls here? You know, but actually, if you see some changes and feel some changes in your body, then it's really motivating. The other mm-hmm. thing is that if you go in into the gym or into your garage or garden or park without a plan then it's really easy to just like mince around basically and not really get anything meaningful done. Um, You know, go in there knowing what you're meaning to do. It's the same with like intervals on the bike. You know, you you roll out the door and then you get to the hill or whatever. You're like, oh oh yeah, I need to do some intervals. And, you know, you just end up mucking about a bit, just dicking about and not not really achieving anything. So it's the same in the gym. Mm -hmm. I actually, I was probably one of those classic gym goers who had a gym membership and, I used to go at lunchtime with a colleague, Seb, um, and Seb would know what he was doing. And, you know, he would, I don't know, would do like 10 of those and then 15 of those and all that sort of stuff. And I'd sort of put like the little pin in the weight and, and pull that and be like, yep, yep, I can I can pull that weight. And then I'll uh, 
I'll go to the next pin and sort of find out where I can't pull it anymore. And then I was like, right, next machine then. And, you know, and I sort of ended up being one of those sort of, I guess, the, the gym members that gyms love in, in that I never actually went, but I carried on paying for about a year. <laughs> yeah I didn't have like a, a training plan or anything like that and and I guess it probably was a wasted few good few hundred quid I guess mm. well yeah I mean the times you did go at least you did something you know I, yeah. I'm a big believer in something's better than nothing you know if you could tell me I can oh I can only get to the gym once every two weeks I'll probably say that's probably nonsense Tom but I would also <laughs> say I'll give you a pat on the bum and I'll say, well, at least it's better than no times a month, you know, or no, yeah. you know, something's better than nothing. So at least you did go and put that pin in and pull on that handle a few times, <laughs> like give yourself a high five. Is there a thing like, um, when I, was, a, a friend of mine, uh, he's sort of quite into his, his training, you know, his, his FTPs and he, I think he understands it at least. And he sort of, you know, he's talked about his concept of junk miles, um, where, Riding in, I don't know what it would be, zone three or something for two hours is basically yeah. useless. Is there anything of that ilk when it comes to strength and conditioning? Or is, you know, anything um, Hmm. I've done a lot of these podcasts, and you're the first one to pose that question. Uh, that's yeah. a good one. Um, oh, that's tricky. I mean, part of me thinks, yeah, just if you're just there and you're not really present you're just flicking through your phone you're going through the motions you're not putting any strain on your body then yeah you're not going to make any adaptations you're not going to get stronger you may at best just prevent some strength and muscle losses but no I think you know if you want to get results you need to commit to the process you know you need to it's like anything you put, you get out what you put in, don't you? And yeah. if you go there and you're just mincing about looking in the mirror, looking at girls, flicking through your phone, then you're probably not going to, you'll be like, Oh, Jim's rubbish. Like I've still got a belly or whatever. When actually, mm -hmm. you know, you need to do something about it. So there's, if, if you're talking about then having a plan, cause I think we've ascertained that, Going to the gym is a good thing and having a plan when you go to the gym is a good thing. Or if you can't, you know, go to the gym itself. And I think we'll, we'll, I want to touch upon this, you know, how can you do all this stuff from home as well? Um, how how does it that we create a, a plan for ourselves? What's the, you know, what's the best process? I mean, obviously, people like yourself. Um, so you do online plans and in-person ones as well. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. So I could come to you and say, hey... Uh, I mountain bike three times a week. Um, I can do X, Y, Z. How are you going to create a, a plan and, and, and move forward with me? So the, the best way to start is to kind of, is to assess like where you are, you know? So for, first thing we start with is, you know, injuries and stuff. Are you currently carrying any injuries or niggles? If so, the best thing you can do, you know, as you start training is go and see a physio or someone to get that fixed. You know, what, what's the, the thing that's going to stop you riding? What's the thing that's going to stop your progress? It's going to be an injury. So that's always top of the list. Number two is, yeah, having a look at the mobility and strength. You know, where where is it good? Where is it lacking? You know, where do we have opportunities to improve, uh, you know, certain aspects of your strength and mobility? So you find a lot of people, um, maybe men especially, they'll come to the gym and maybe they're really strong on press-ups because, you know, you can see your chest in the mirror. 
Um, but their upper back and stuff are pretty weak and they're pretty row on the opposite of a press-up, which would be a row. And so straight away there, you think, well, I've got a really easy win there. We can put some rows in the programme, you know? And, and so the assessment informs, you know, those initial programmes. Um, now, if you're not in a position to get an assessment, then what I would suggest is you just try and do a, a bit of everything. It sounds really vague and wishy-washy, but over the course of, not necessarily in one session, but over the course of a week or two, or two, three or four sessions, try and, try and tick off all the, the fundamentals. So something squatting, whether that's a bodyweight squat, depending on your level, a back squat, a front squat, a goblet squat, whatever. You know, something squatting. Something then hinging, like a, and, and the hinge basically for the mountain bikers is super important in particular, because that's your stood up, your riding position, whatever you want to call it, attack position or whatever. Um, so that would be a deadlift, a Romanian deadlift, um, something like that, basically. Um, and then we want to balance out the upper body, pushing and pulling. Okay, so you want to tick off both of those, both in front of your body and overhead, if your shoulder mobility allows that. Uh, we also want to do some single leg work, okay? And that, you know, for some people, nearly everything they do with me is, is on a single leg, you know, especially because mm. cycling, road cycling in particular, is so linear, like everything is in a straight line, okay? And so when we can get people to work on a single leg and challenge that stability, you can get some really good results there uh, in their performance on the bike, both in terms of on the pedals and also in their sort of standing position on the bike. Uh, and then the other thing, obviously, is some core work as well, because that ties everything together. And core, you know, that's part of everything we've done and described beforehand anyway. Um, mm -hmm. Same as grip, you know, grip for the mountain bike is important, but you may not need to work it specifically because you're probably going to work it naturally through your upper body training and your deadlifts and, and things like that, you know. Um, for the mountain bikers, more at the strength end of the spectrum, like if you're racing enduro uh, and downhill, stuff like that, you can add in like some carries as well, like a farmer's walk or a sled push and stuff like that. But of the main like fundamental human movements, which is what describes all the stuff we've done there, um, that's probably the the least important for the more endurance and cross country and road based ones people. Okay, so what, if we've got um, all these sort of like the, you know these exercises and all that sort of stuff to do, we've talked about you know the deadlifts, the squats, all that sort of stuff. Mm. It sounds like we don't need masses of equipment. Is that fair? Yeah. What, so, what are the key bits of equipment that you maybe would need? So, look. Yes, you can train anywhere. Yes, you can get amazing results with body weight training at home. But, the, you know, and I know they're shut at the moment, but the gym is the best place to get strong. Like, that's that's what it's there for, yeah? Okay. Um, and in a gym, yeah, you've got your barbells, dumbbells, all that good stuff. You don't need that, though. Like, you can get a long way without that. There are going to be some limitations on you, but if you are creative and you know if you've got a good program and things like that and you can get like really strong um just with your body weight the, the bit that's hard to get really strong with the body weight is it's like the lower back 
really, just because you can't put that load through it by picking up some heavy weights. But you can get it plenty strong enough for, for mountain biking and stuff like that. Where you need to be smart with bodyweight training is, number one, you do really need a bit of kit because otherwise you can't get a balanced workout. So if you think of upper body pushing and pulling, Tom, pushing is is easy to do that anyway. You can do a press-up on the floor. You can do some shoulder work by doing a press-up or a handstand or different positions. But actually, pulling, you always need to pull against something, okay? So that's where something like a suspension trainer or a bar, like a low bar at waist height, or some rubber bands, excuse me, are are really useful um, because that gives you something to pull against. It gives you some resistance. Otherwise, it's very hard to do body weight training uh, and make it balanced in the upper body. As far as the legs are concerned, I mean, yeah, you don't really need any weights. Like a step is very useful or box because then you can do some step ups and and some lowering exercises and things like that, which are really valuable um, for any cyclist. Um, and then you just need a bit of space, really. The thing with the bodyweight training, and, and I experienced this myself, despite you know a lifelong love of exercise and training, is that it can be pretty hard to do that and to really work hard at home, especially if you don't have a dedicated area for it. You know, the idea that your living room, which is where you Netflix and chill normally, is now... A, a high intensity training room you know mm. and switching seamlessly between the two and it's also at the moment because you're working from home your home office with your laptop on the lap it's really hard to do that um especially if you're getting told off for leaving puddles of sweat in the carpet and stuff <laughs> like that because you're pretty stinky uh, so yeah i'm all for home training i'm all for body weight training um and some people are incredibly disciplined and can really get great results from, from it, training in their garage, in their living room, in their garden or in the park. But um, the best place to get strong is still in the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might sound like a stupid question in, in that regard, but is there anything you can do while you're out and about on your bike when you're riding that can and help either with sort of your actual strength or with your core stability, that sort of thing? No such thing as a stupid question, Tom. Um, you're all good. Uh, yeah, so... There's limited things you can do. The the main one that I prescribe both to riders like coach individually and, and I have used in my like online programs is and, and I did a YouTube video on is just encouraging people to stand up more when they right. when they ride. I think that I don't really know if it's the case of roadies, but certainly for mountain bikers, the modern mountain bike with the steep seat angle the nice squishy suspension, the Eagle cassette or big whatever cassette, um, where we used to stand a lot more, people are sitting. And e-bikes make it even worse. I'm not an e-bike cater, by the way. Um, so we're always sitting all the time. And then that's going to lead to you being weaker in a standing position because you just don't do it. And so then your sprint's going to be weak and slow and sluggish. Um, and so actually, I think, yes, it's less efficient, but we're looking for a training effect, not the most efficient ride. So stand stand up more when you ride, when you climb. Mm-hmm. Okay. Single speed. I used to single speed a lot when I was at uh, uni. Is that a, something oh. you could prescribe? Oh, Tom, 
Oh, Tom, <laughs> listen to that. You, I didn't even see that one coming. Yeah, I'd love that. I'd love that. Yeah. But, you know, that's like another N plus one situation with bikes, isn't it? And yeah, good luck. That's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. If you order a, if you order a single speed now, you probably get it a bike now. You get it next year or something. But yeah, single yeah. speed's a good option. Um, you don't see many of those knocking about these days. But yeah, if you sadly, if you're tough, it's the uh, it's the kind of bike that's most lacking on the trails, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, do it. You know, I, I'm not the biggest fan of going to the gym. As I sort of mentioned earlier, I was, I was fairly aimless when I used to go, and I basically just gave a gym owner a, a lot of my money for very little use. But um. Over the last sort of 18 months, I've got really back into bouldering. Um, and, you know, if I look in the mirror, which I obviously do every morning, uh, I look definitely look better than I did 18 months ago. Um, are there any other sort of sports that really complement mountain biking um, or any sports maybe that probably don't help as much as they might you might otherwise have thought? Yeah, so there's two, there's two things going on here. There's the principle of speculative specificity <laughs> okay so you know doing things that are specific to your sport i.e actually doing your sport and then there's um yeah crossover cross training and also just having a nice enjoyable life where you don't get sick of doing mm. what you're doing and and the first thing i'll say there is maybe not what you'd expect from a strength coach but i'd look at that and you're like well tom loves going bouldering doesn't he you're like that's sick and he feels good so so bouldering has clearly been great for you, you know, because mm. so why not do it? Um, and so, yeah, plenty of mountain bikers do like outdoorsy stuff, like like bouldering. And, it's, and the thing about bouldering is it's so good where and climbing is it's all about pulling. And so it's actually a really great, um, like, antidote for all the time that we spend at our desks and laptops, you know. It's a really mm. good one for for posture and opening up like that. So I'm, I'm all for it as long as people tend to get a bit obsessive about the climbing and bouldering before yeah. you know it, before you know it, one of two things happen. They've either hurt a finger, hopefully mm-hmm. not your break finger, or they've jumped off from too high and they've hurt their knee or jarred their back. So don't be that person. But other than that, I'm all for bouldering. Um, okay. Crossover. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't stress out too much about it. Like if someone's like, yeah, I want to do this. I'm like, well, do you enjoy it? Can you do it without getting hurt? Yes, it's, you know, like, like it's, it's like, what, what are you trying to get out of it? Like is your goal for the people listening, you know, most of them are probably kind of like us, you know, where yes, you want to be a better rider, but actually really riding's about fun. It's part of a healthy, fun, happy lifestyle. So, if you are a top level pro where you really want to dial in your performance, then yeah, do some different stuff, do some fun stuff through the winter, but then everything gets a bit more specific as you approach the season, you know? Mm -hmm. So the thing that really jumps out is, and obviously there's a really good chance of doing yourself in, but it's motocross, you know, look at all the top downhill and even enduro guys, like they all ride motocross, don't they? Um, Like that is some brutal, brutal cross training. Um, but yeah, there's a good chance you end up in A and E as well. So it is what it is. Like if you've got a swimming pool next to your office and you can go at lunchtime, then you know what? Swimming, great, great again, great for your posture, great for your lungs and all that business. Um, there's loads of good things to do. The the one I I don't steer clear of Tom, but and and I used to love running and I still do quite enjoy running, but 
the injury rates on on running, especially road running, are just so mm. high. Where so if someone says, "Oh, I'm thinking of doing some running, Ben, in lockdown," I'm always a bit like, "Okay, but promise me you're going to start really easy and build it up." They're like, "Oh, but I used to run twenty k like five years ago," but I'm like, "But now you don't." And then inevitably, and again, men are a nightmare for this, especially mm. men in the thirties and forties. They just go out, they crack on, and they're injured in a week. And then when you're injured, you can't train, you can't ride your bike, you can't run, and then you end up worse than you were before. So Mm -hmm. running's great if you're able to do it without getting hurt, if you're able to be disciplined enough to build up gradually um, and swallow your pride if you get overtaken (laughs) by someone who's, you know, it's like doing aerobic base miles, you know. You're like, when the person on the Brompton overtakes you on the climb, you want to shout at them, I'm doing base miles, okay? I could beat right. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just part, it's on my program, all right? But yeah, it's kind of like that. I did a bit of running in uh, lockdown one. Um, I think I went a grand total of four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a disgusting sport. It's horrible. It's horrible. Like, I mean, you know, I feel like I'm relatively fit. You know, I can... I can ride a hundred k and hundred and fifty k if I want to. But All like, right, show off. Oh, right, fancy. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to talk about two hundred odd k runs. I did, you know. But anyway, you know. But yeah, like five k of running's hard. That's real yeah, hard. Yeah, and that's the thing about uh, the word fitness. So, like, who's fittest? Well, fitness is all relative to a given sport or activity, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah, like, yeah, you get good at the stuff you do, don't you? So. I'd- I think I'd struggled swimming 100 metres. I mean, partly because I can't really swim anyway, but also just every time I've tried to swim, it's just bloody hard work. It's not for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not very efficient in the swimming pool. You could... I splash around enough, you could probably chuck your washing in with me and it would come out pretty clean, but I don't go <laughs> I don't go very fast. <laughs> Let's, um, before we sort of wrap up, and, and I guess um, we did touch on it earlier, but um, much like, you know, if, if the last sort of half hour of podcast was doing some exercise, the last thing you should do when you finish is a bit of recovery. Um, could you just give us like just some of your top recovery tips just to make sure that we are getting the maximum gain out of our training? Because um, as I said, recovery is just as important as the training bit. Sleep and nutrition. Done. Okay. Simple. Easy. Not easy, but yeah. Good sleep. And I'm talking like eight, nine hours a night. If you're a pro athlete, like nine or ten hours a night, sometimes even more. You know, wow. the harder you train, the harder you need to recover. Um, yeah, sleep sleep and nutrition are like 80, 90% of the game. And then all the other little bits are just fluff, really. So nutrition mm-hmm. can start immediately after session. So, yep, recovery drinks, protein shakes, all that jazz. Um, and yes, they are slightly, you know, absorbed slightly quicker than real food because they're liquid and stuff like that. But you know, if you're able to, then a meal, like half hour to an hour afterwards, that's fine. You know, that's like mm-hmm. 95, you know, you've got some proteins and carbs and veggies some fats, all the good stuff in there. Like that's going to do it for, you know, 99% of people. Like you don't need to be any more complicated than that. Protein shakes and recovery drinks, what they really offer is convenience, you know, yeah. because train at lunchtime, well, a protein shake makes perfect sense doesn't it you can get your carbs you get your protein you get some calories you're all good and then you can eat later have a snack or whatever and then yeah i mean the nutrition you've got a guy coming on to talk in way more depth about that but yeah it's just hitting what i you know i think again people overcomplicate everything these days if i 
if you put all the like rhetoric aside and different opinions that go with like vegan this or whatever, carnivore that or whatever, if you said to one of the guys listening now, one of the men or women listening to this podcast now, what what's a healthy meal? Like they probably all say, oh okay, something like I don't know, chicken or fish or like some sort of like meat or fish, but or if they you know maybe some pulses or beans and then some sort of carbohydrate you know like rice mm-hmm. pasta potato you know whatever and then some vegetables like everyone kind of knows that but but still everyone gets so worked up and confused about nutrition but it is actually pretty simple just tick those boxes get a bit of a bit of everything eat your greens eat your veggies eat your fruit get enough protein in you know if you're pretty fit and active you know, aiming for like one and a half to two grams of protein per kilo of body weight a day is a really good, good thing. Drink enough water. Um, again, your your um, nutritionists will go into more depth on this, I'm sure. But just mm. just hit all, hit all the basics, and you're ninety percent of the way. And once you've got that, then you can worry about the fancy stuff like nutrient timing and all the other stuff people geek out about on forums. But mm-hmm. It's like that stuff is important once you've got the basics done. It's like supplements. The clue, I'm, I'm sorry, am I ranting, Tom? Sorry, but the no, clue rant on, rant well, on. with so, supplements, you know, all the lotions and potions and beetroot shots, uh, whatever and whatever. But the clue is in the name supplements. They supplement a healthy and balanced diet, you know? Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, I can't be bothered to cook myself and eat properly. I'll just take these supplements. Well, yeah, you, I'd rather you just gave you money to charity or something because it'll probably do, do you more good because unless you've got the basics, the supplements are just nonsense. They're not helping you, you know? Mm-hmm. So as with everything, then it seems, you know, get the basics right and everything sort of flows from there. As with everything, yeah. the ba- You know, the people always think, oh, yeah, what's like your number one secret exercise for downhillers and stuff? I'm like, well, we just do the basics, you know, it doesn't matter if it's um, Dave who, who works in account or Win Masters or Joe Smith or any other top guys I train. Guess what? They they all do press-ups and squats mm-hmm. and we do lunges and deadlifts. And, you know, it's not like a, a secret roster of like fancy yeah. exercises that magically make you a World Cup racer or whatever. It's just mastery of the basics it's you know it's the same across everything like in business in in the military people like oh the sas whatever the sas and people like that they're they're masters of the basics but under extreme pressure you know Mm -hmm. it and that's it's just like fundamentals of life that is mastery of the basics you know it's like 90 percent of the game no matter what your game is you're a, a went a bit deeper there, yeah. That was lovely. I should, I, yeah, maybe I feel, I'll grow a beard in twenty twenty one. Feel all feel all zen now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Speaking of those basics, then let's um, let's wrap it up. You've got um, the Strength Factory coach is 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 your business. Um, and, yeah, and what the Strength you do Factory. Yeah. The Strength Factory uh, and what you do on a day to day basis. So, do you want to give us a quick? Um, rundown of sort of what you offer and what you know if if any of our leaders are readers are or listeners are interested in um, improving their strength and conditioning for you know cycling what can you help with so 
the service I can provide is down to the individual and what they need, basically. But if you can come and see me in the gym in Bristol, then that is a, that's a requirement for any sort of coaching, like distance coaching mm-hmm. or personalised coaching programme. So, yeah, if it's coming back for an injury, trying to prepare for a race or an event or a holiday, or you just live in the Bristol area and you want to train as part of a healthy lifestyle to support your mountain biking, then give me a shout. I'd love to hear from you, obviously, when the gym's open again. Uh, and then my... The other thing I've got going on at the moment, which is probably more pertinent given that we're at the start of a lockdown, is my bodyweight strength program for mountain bikers. Uh, it's really simple, a couple of 45-minute sessions a week. It's all about drilling down the basics, and then it progresses on from there. You know, um, And the way I like to say it is it's only £18, so it's the best performance upgrade you can get, and it's less than the, po- the, less than the price of grips simple as that happy days and whereabouts can we find all of this you're uh, you're on the internet i presume oh yeah yeah i've got on there a little while ago um on the instagram i'm strength factory underscore coach uh i do quite a bit of training stuff on there um and i've got a youtube channel as well which we'll bang a link to um and then the website is thestrengthfactory.uk just .uk. that's the important bit dot uk yeah, there's no co's or coms or nets, just .uk. Excellent. I mean, I, I yeah, thoroughly recommend uh, you know to our listeners if you are looking to improve your muscular physique, have a have a look for Ben. Um, I've seen a lot of your little Instagram bits and pieces. I've seen some of your videos, and obviously listened to the other podcasts you've done. And you know, you are you know, it's, you've got a wealth of knowledge on that front, and um, we really appreciate your your time with the podcast. Um, if you are have you enjoyed this, don't forget the previous episode with Ben um, was a little bit more on sort of why strength and conditioning was important. So search back through your podcast provider to find that. Um, and this is part of a five-part series on looking at you know the start of the year, how to get a bit fitter, how to get a bit faster, a bit healthier um, for the year to come. Uh, we've talked to nutritionists and um, uh, a little bit more into the sort of the roadie side of fitness uh, with a coach called Tom looking at the important numbers that you might need to know if you are trying to get a bit faster on the bike, um, as well as a few tips on how to stay a bit more motivated. So look out for those episodes um, on Fridays. Um, but yeah, Ben, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate that. Um, and if you do want more information on, on Ben's services, then as I said, there will be links in the associated article and in the little notes in the description of this podcast. But Ben, yeah, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Tom. You're welcome. I hope everyone has an awesome 2021 on and off the bike be consistent work hard work smart i'll see you on the trails happy days thanks ben cheers buddy thank you for listening to the bike radar podcast if you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling check out bikeradar.com. radar.com